Welcome to the Blonde Runner podcast with Coach Laura Erickson, where she shares her healthy living tips as a running and triathlon coach and mother of four. Hello, Coach Laura here, and I'm excited to share and give you some advice or tips on first-time marathoning. Uh, If you're new to marathoning, there's a lot of things to learn. It is very rewarding to complete a marathon. So thank you for listening in. The first tip that I want to let you know about is to train properly. Obviously, you need the time to build up. Uh, If you're thinking about a marathon, I'm hoping that you have a background that you've actually done maybe a 5K, a half marathon, even a 10K. Those other distances really help prepare you for the marathon distance. I would also suggest uh, making sure that you have, like I said, enough time to train. You want anywhere from 18, 20 to 22 weeks, I would say, at least to train specifically for the marathon. So, you know, four or five months it takes you to build up those long miles, your body to adapt and do what it needs to do to be ready for that. I'm a big believer in having a coach. If you maybe can't afford a coach or you would rather just follow a training plan online, look for some, you want to look for some some things that will help. You want to make sure it's a good training plan. Good training plans will include information on a warm-up, a cool-down. They'll talk about a dynamic warm-up. They'll have a core and strength routine that you're doing in there to help you prevent injury. Um, Usually they'll uh, have little information on nutrition and also give you enough time to rest. I was recently at an expo and people were, you know, doing a marathon or half marathon or the distances they signed up for. And um, they were telling me about another plan that they'd been on, but it was just too aggressive. It had too many miles. So one thing I will say is make sure you find the level of training plan that works for you. There's There's a lot of ways to skin a cat, right? There's a lot of ways to get to the end result of doing a marathon. And not everybody has to do as many miles as some people. Maybe you you got into the sport because so-and-so is like awesome and does all these races and all this mileage and you don't have to necessarily jump in there. Matter of fact, you shouldn't. If you're a beginner, you need to go with less mileage. And um, one thing I would suggest is looking up the 10% rule. I actually reviewed this on my YouTube channel, The Blonde Runner. You can go there and I talk, just, you know, type in and search 10% rule. And I talk about that 10% rule. And that's basically where you want to build your miles slowly over time. And so your body can adapt as it needs to. I am also a very big proponent of cross training because, you know, as you know, I do triathlon. So I'm a big fan of not running every single day, but having some breaks and doing other kind of cross training so your body doesn't get burnt out. So a lot of people that are doing their first time marathon get burnt out. And then by the time the marathon is done, they don't run again for like months. And usually that is not my goal when I'm working with people. I want to keep it fun enough. And like I said before, there's many ways to get to that end result. You don't have to log hundreds of miles to feel like you're prepared for that marathon. Just making sure you're getting those long runs that you're Another suggestion I would have is practicing your nutrition on those long runs. So that would be my next tip is making sure that you're taking the right nutrition. You know, if I'm giving you a tip, right, you know, see, these are some of the tips I gave at the expo because the race is the next day, right? They don't have a lot of time to change anything up. So hopefully they did practice their nutrition in their training. Some of them hadn't maybe done that as well as they could have, but I suggest taking something at every aid station. I think the thing that a lot of people make mistake on is that they just do whatever they see other people do or they 
they wait until they're thirsty to drink. And that's really not a good indicator, especially in a race environment where you're feeling anxious. Sometimes that takes away our, you know, ability to really sense what we were feeling as well as we could. Um, so making sure you're getting something at every single aid station. And most of the time, if you need to walk through an aid station to get what you need, great. If you want to go a little faster in the race, you're actually better off getting the nutrition that you need, slowing down, getting the nutrition you need. By the end of the race, you'll be better off. You won't be on the side of the road cramping because you didn't get, you know, enough water. And your body only absorbs so much. So it's important to have it in intervals or increments. You can't just have a lot at once and feel good. I've had athletes that often cramp when they eat food or they eat certain foods. So they have to bring their own things. So you need to understand that, you know, having that in training or practicing that in training is good for you. Hopefully, hopefully you're listening to this early enough that this is helpful for you. And I suggest trying the things that are on course. Um, one of the other tips I would have you do is look up whatever race that you're doing and actually look at the course and see what you're doing. I actually had one of my athletes um, show up for a race. This, uh, this is before I was training this person. They showed up for the race, not realizing it was a trail marathon versus a road marathon. Very different. Obviously, they didn't do very well. They weren't very happy with it. So make sure you understand what you're training for. Um, know the train. Most of the time, they will post an elevation profile. Look at the website. You know, ask around. That's another thing to understand and learn about the race that you're doing. But it is really important in training that you are um, doing race-specific training. This is, I guess, the the downfall of a generic online program is it doesn't accommodate for the elevation changes or the you know the, the elevation profile of the race if you have a very downhill race it's very different than if you're going to be doing a lot of climbing in your race so you need to understand what specifics are for your race so definitely look that up on their website it also will tell you the intervals they will be feeding you so it'll tell you where the aid stations are if you're doing a race that it's not well explained on the website Message the race director. Ask these questions so you can have them answered. Ask what are they serving? That's what I like to think of is what, what foods do they have What on the course? Have you actually tried the product and see if it you tolerate it well? So look at the brands that not only, sometimes the sponsorship brands aren't always the ones they have on course. So I would suggest actually asking what do they have on course? Brands, you know, is it gel? Is it a solid food? Is it you know, Gatorade or other kind of um, electrolyte beverages. What are they going to have? I'm a big fan of taking my own, some of my own nutrition because I know it works well for me. I'm a big proponent of um, salt stick electrolyte use where I use fast chews. And if you ever meet me, I'm sure I'll tell you all about it. So another mistake I see people making is they don't go into the race as well they're hydrated in the sense that they drank a lot of water but they don't get the electrolyte so your body is really not hydrated so it's like watering the plant on its leaves if it doesn't get into the soil and absorb into the plant it doesn't do any good right so it's important to have electrolyte that's what helps it get into the cell and actually hydrate you so you do want to go into the race well hydrated um, that shouldn't be like, again, you don't want to just drink a bunch of water and get natremic where you dilute your blood and it doesn't have a proper electrolyte balance, right? So understanding that, honestly, nutrition for a race is, or even pre, you know, the day before race, the biggest difference for me is making sure I'm eating throughout the day, staying hydrated with electrolyte, and then not getting 
an enormous amount of like fiber. That would be the only difference from really eating healthy all the time, right? I actually have an article on my website about what to eat before races. And I go through specifically what you can have during Ironman or marathon events or whatever. So you want to check that out. You can go to my website at blondrunner.com and look that up. It's a whole, it's like 56 minute episode. So it will give you all those details. Be prepared to take some notes on that. And if you ever have any questions, like send it my way, I'm happy to help you. Um, the next thing that I would suggest with marathon training is make sure you have someone look at your running form. I am in the people in my area. I do, I do offer running form, uh, feedback and I'll look at them, give them some tips. If you can run more efficiently, you're going to do better in the race and you're going to prevent injury. So sometimes it's just a matter of changing something just slightly and it makes a big difference for you. Whenever I'm racing any race, I like to be very efficient, especially at the beginning of the race. You have to control pacing. So often you go a little slower than you think you can go, but you're also very efficient with your running. So that will help you at the end of the race when you're able, when everybody else is pooped out, they haven't been running as efficiently, right? Then you are running more efficiently. That'll help you not only during the race, of course, but at the end of the race, you'll have a little more energy because you are more efficient. So I highly suggest... You can look it up. The trouble with, I think, looking up information on marathon running or running period is that you're just going to get a ton of information. And so often people feel very overwhelmed. It's like drinking from a, a fire hose, right? And I guess this is the other good reason to have someone in your corner that has running experience or a running coach to help you because they can give you that feedback. You have someone, you know, you can ask a question online and you'll have more than enough information. It's now it's filtering through it and applying it to yourself, right? That's what a coach can do for you is filter that information with their experience and then tailor the training for you, tailor what you need to learn and help you be more efficient with your time. So if you're, if you're a time crunched athlete, then I will highly suggest getting a coach. Um, it is nice to have a local coach. I am an online coach personally, I think that works really well because most of our time is spent with you doing the workouts that I've designed for you and then, you know, connecting online or texting or when we have those questions, asking those questions and that's really valuable. So another, you know, good training plan or a good coach to work with will definitely address mental preparation. So mental preparation, a lot of the things that help you prepare mentally for a marathon is you, you can do visualization, you can do all those things, but I think you build a lot of confidence from your training. And if you're working with someone that's very experienced, you know, I've been coaching 30 years, so I'm going to be able to tell you, hey, this is how you do it and this is how you do it well. And you're feeling very confident in that because you know I've performed on those events as well. So I think that having that confidence from an experienced coach that you're working with, usually I do like a little you know, we have a little pep talk and get you very ready mentally. And it's nice to talk to other people that have run marathons and things and get their take and get, you know, what were you saying to yourself? How were you feeling? Um, other things that calm your nerves are, like I said, visualization, meditation, you know, having some massage in there. I would recommend having that done, not the day before a race. It's always good after race, but maybe a week before because um, your body can get sore from that, that can calm you down. It can be a good thing. A lot of times with a marathon taper, 
I usually recommend seven to 10 day taper. Some people do a little longer, but I find people get super antsy and they're used to that um, exertion that they're not having and those hormones that are released from exertion often calm us. And so we feel very antsy and kind of out of shape. It's kind of weird, that taper feeling. And so you have to mentally prepare for that and understand what's happening there. Um, other things that can calm your nerves are if, as I mentioned at the beginning, is racing throughout training. I love that. And the reason why is because if you just have one race only planned and you're training for four to six months, right? And you do that one race, that's a lot of pressure on one race, even though that's maybe your A race, your most important race. I would suggest having some B races in there, some races that maybe aren't as important, but they're going to help you train for it. Like I highly recommend doing a half marathon in there in your training to build up for this marathon, because especially if you've never done them before, that helps give you the confidence so you can do it. Uh, it also helps you practice dealing with nerves. When you get in, on that race line, you're going to feel all these emotions and nerves. And sometimes I've had uh, some of my, I coach uh, junior high and I've had some of them just have a meltdown, right? They don't know how to handle those feelings. And so it's good that they're experiencing that. Um, you'll have a coach or a friend help you through that. That can help as well. But just as you experience racing, you'll have more confidence in it. There's things that you don't know you don't know. So when you do a race, you're going to learn something that you didn't realize you didn't know. And so that's really beneficial. So racing is really good that way. Highly recommend it. If you can race every month, at least once a month, as part of your preparation for the marathon, I highly suggest it. All right. So um, another thing that I like to encourage you to do if you're a first-time marathoner is enlist support. Somehow you found out or decided you wanted to do a marathon. Maybe it was a friend inviting you to do it. Maybe it was your family member that inspired you. You saw a friend online do it or just someone maybe. And I know for me, I decided I want to do a, a Ironman triathlon when I saw a picture in a newspaper years ago. You know, we don't do much with newspapers anymore. But whatever inspired you to do it, you can find support around that. Either person, friend. Maybe it's someone you follow on Instagram. I know that's inspired me a lot of times. Or maybe maybe a way to get uh, keep that, that motivation up, because it can, can be hard, is to find a running community for yourself. Find groups on Facebook. Find groups online. Talk to friends. Find people in your area that you can go on runs with. There are running groups all over the place. So find those groups. Get involved in those groups. Also, maybe download some of the apps that are helpful. Like I said, Instagram can be useful. Um, Strava is another one. People love to get kudos and thumbs up for their workouts when they post things on there. That can be very motivating for you. Um, and, you know, not everybody has family that runs. I know for me growing up, I was the only runner in my family. And so I leaned on friends that ran. And I made a lot of friends with, obviously, the running team, the high school team that I ran with. That's where I found my support. So support is always there. You just have to find it. And we would love it if our, our spouse or everybody in our life would just surround us with that support. But that's not always how it works out. If they will, awesome. That's great. But you don't necessarily need that to be able to accomplish your goal. If you can, if you can create it for yourself, I encourage that. All right. So um, another thing I wanted to suggest when it comes to first-time marathoning is Figure out your goals. So many people that I've talked to that are doing their first marathon say, 
I go, what is your goal? And they're like, to finish. And I love that goal. However, and I think that's your first main goal, of course. But I do think you should break it down further, even if it's your first marathon, and have an idea of the goal time. And the goal time isn't like, oh, you just pick it out of the air, right? It's actually, you can establish a goal time that you want to accomplish and pace based on your training. Like what is, how long is it taking you when you do your long run? How many minutes per mile are you averaging? Because generally in a race environment, you're, you're able to go faster than that, but that gives you kind of an indication of how long you'll be out there. So yes, it's great to say I'm going to finish. My goal is to finish. Great. But if you have an idea of pacing, you'll be able to help yourself in that race because you'll know how long it should take. And it will keep you focused because when you're out there for hours, that is the challenge to keep yourself focused. Focused enough where you're getting the nutrition you need. You're getting the water that you need. Um, I'm a big advocate for having a plan. I believe a good race is a well-executed plan. And so I do individual consultation where I actually help people plan their race. And this is an eye-opener to a lot of people. So if you're in that scenario, it's just a one-time consult, but it's a phone consult. We talk about it. We map it out. We figure out how, what are your, what are, is your plan? I know with like Ironman or cycling, I often tell them where is the best place to get nutrition? Because when you're climbing a mountain on a, or even running, when you're climbing, you, that's not the time to get nutrition, right? That's what the plan discovers is where should we get nutrition? What should our pace be for every mile? How much do I take at each age station? What should I take? Should I take the electrolytes? Should I take just water? Should I take, where should I take, take a gel? Where do I take a, a block or whatever else that you take? So the idea is that you have it planned out and always have some flexibility in that plan. Things rarely, if ever, go exactly planned as I, you know, as I've planned them, but having an, at least an idea of about where you want to be or a range goal I do believe in range goals and I think that would be really useful because it does keep you on track even if you're slower or faster than you'd hoped. And of course, each race course is going to change because of the elevation profile. Um, another thing I suggest for a first-time marathoner, hopefully you're finding a race that's well-established. I've been in races before where it wasn't well-marked. You do need to know the route yourself. I highly encourage you to study the route. If you live in the area, area run in the route, as much as you can, I think that would be really helpful for you. But you definitely want to experience it as much as you can. I think that's useful. One thing, kind of going back to the running form feedback, I do suggest there are a lot of companies that will offer running form feedback on a treadmill. And I think that analysis can be very useful. However, I think you need to consider if you can have a coach that watches you in real space like out I mean there are not very many marathons on a treadmill right and you're running on a treadmill I think we would all agree that running on a treadmill is different than running outside some people find it easier some people find it harder either way your leg is being pulled back by the belt you know and so I think it's important when you get running form feedback you're getting it in person with someone with a trained eye that has experience in that so kind of keep that in mind and then of course incorporate those things um those coaches should be able to give you, even if you're not hiring them full-time, they should be able to give you some feedback on how to incorporate, you know, drills and um, strength training and things like that. That's what I usually go through in mine. So that's going to be valuable for you. So again, yeah, having a good training plan, making sure that you've built up properly, making sure you leave enough time to train. 
a lot of people get tired when it comes to training and especially when the miles go up and they they kind of don't eat as well those kind of things you need to commit yourself or find ways that you can look back and evaluate how you're doing and then recommit yourself I think that's really beneficial and I would say you know it's awesome to do a marathon and matter of fact I would the statistics when I looked this up is quite interesting only maybe less than one percent of the population has actually compete, completed a marathon which is so I mean obviously it's awesome if you do it but I will say 101 or more million people in America do marathons every year so that's it is a, a thing that not everyone does but there are millions of people literally that have done it so it's so doable marathons are so doable but if you're not taking the time to train you haven't done your long runs there is a way that we can you know get through that marathon with a walk run situation don't be afraid to do that if you need to but don't be afraid to like hey you know i you know if, if the marathon you're not ready for that distance it's okay do a half you know go down to the lower distance that's okay and maybe tackle it the next year uh, don't be afraid to listen to yourself it's not worth injuring yourself or or getting hurt so those are some of the tips I have for you there's of course a ton more information out there I haven't even talked about what you need to wear and dealing with the weather and um, I would suggest that you do look at those things though and choose a race that works well for you if you most people have a hard time in the heat most people have a hard time in the freezing cold temperatures so but if you're a fair weather runner you're not going to want to uh, do a, a marathon that's like in the spring where you have to train over the winter right so pick something that's going to work well for you that already leans towards your strengths um one thing too you will have to discipline yourself you're not going to feel like every run you're not going to feel like you want to go on every run so you have to discipline yourself to do it. Just know that that's going to be how it is. And um, give yourself the time and energy to figure things out like how to do it. Like I'm giving you some information here. I'm glad you're listening in. There's lots of podcasts on this. Listen to them all. We all have different experiences and different takes on things. And you'll get a nugget from everything you listen to. So I think that go and absorb the information and learn it. And if you have questions, understand you're going to find conflicting information. You're going to have your friend say this and another friend say this and a coach say this and another coach say a different thing. Everyone has their opinion and that's okay. Take it all in. You'll find the truths that work for you. So go out there, get it, go, go for it. Like marathoning, once you complete that marathon, no one can take it away from you. So I highly encourage you to go for it. Get excited. If you have a hard time staying excited, be around people that are excited about it. I've actually had someone hire me that hates running and they say, can you make me love running? And that's one thing I can't make you do. But if you're around people that love it or enjoy it or find the good things in it, you're, mo you're more likely to love it too. And I've known people that hated running when they were little. It was used as a punishment or something. But they have learned to love it and embrace it. And I know for me, when I first started running, it was hard. It's difficult. But I learned to embrace it. So you can either love the experience in the journey or hate it. It's your choice. You, you can decide. But if you're listening to this, you're thinking about a marathon. And I love, I love that you're doing that. Because it is something you can accomplish. And it's noticeably difficult. And it gives you the confidence to handle all the other little petty things we do in life. Like we have to deal with it.
changing a diaper seems like no big deal, right? There's just so much that you can gain from disciplining yourself, doing a marathon, and then enjoying it. Really, that's that's my last bit of advice. Is enjoy it. Enjoy the journey. Not only the race is always the cherry on top for me. I always get to the start, or my athletes, I want them to get to the start and know they can do it. It's just how quickly they're going to do it, right? And I'm hoping your training will help you feel that confident when you toe the line as well. So until next time, live well. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Healthy Living Podcast. Be sure and check the show notes for resources or links that we mentioned in the show. You can also find them on my website at blonderunner.com. B-L-O-N-D-E-R-U-N-N-E-R.com. You can also find me on Instagram at the blonde runner with an E and coach Laura Erickson. And that's L-O-R-A. Before you forget, I hope that you will um, follow this podcast and like it so you don't miss an episode. Also, it really helps if you leave a review so other people can find it um, and share it with your friends. Until next time, live well. Thank you.